Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Japan! How are you doing? I'm doing amazing because the Buffalo Bills just delivered a grade A S whooping to the Miami Dolphins. Woo! Suck awesome. it, Dolphins. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bills can lose every single game of the season. You just have to beat the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. We've beaten them twice this year. Both of them kicked oh, the shit out of them. So sweet. So we went good. all We went all SeaWorld on their asses. Hey. Ah, we broke their will to live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, did we, did we drag their quarterback down into the depths? Oh, we did. Good. It was a brutal, it was a brutal, gory devastation. It was like Ralph Wilson Stadium goes turned to the cove. One of our, one of our defensemen jumped over the offensive line like in Free Willy. Yes. <laughs> and this time they killed the kid. Mm. Took that, was, that. That was one of the fucker. best, that was one of the best uh, new ground animations I saw when the internet was young. They're like, all right, let's do Free Willy, but the fish lands on the kid when he tries to jump to freedom. <laughs> Boom. That would so awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, in today's topic or uh, podcast, we have a topic. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to revisit a topic that we've done before. Okay. And it's called the what if topic. Hmm. Some of our favorite comics when, was when Marvel used to do their, their what if series where they would just take a popular story arc and say, oh, what if it didn't work? Mm-hmm. And basically, every what if was basically just a license, kind of like the Simpsons Halloween episodes, where just give them a license to murder all the superheroes. Yeah, or like just do things that that like they had originally planned to do, but then just didn't work out for whatever reason. They're like, eh, let's explore that a little bit. Yeah, like what if Spider Man didn't get rid of the symbiote costume? That was or- hairy. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was like it was like it jumps to different superheroes. It jumps onto Thor, onto Hulk, and all the superheroes are yeah. like, man, we're screwed. What would we do? And the symbiote like had drained Peter Parker of like his life essence. Yeah. So it turned him into an old man. Yeah, and then they did like, what if the X Men lost Inferno? Mm. And that was just like an end of the world scenario. At the very end, the only people that lived was Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnny Storm's girlfriend, Alicia. What was her power? To get pregnant. Hey. <laughs> she did. She had a baby. All right. <laughs> and Johnny Storm died to save her. And that was it. Yay. You know what my superpower is? What? Doing a podcast with a crying baby nearby. Yeah, shut that baby up. Nah, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> Toss it down the stairs. Literally nothing. All right, well... So anyways, for this episode of What If, Mm. what if Marvel had sold the rights, the movie rights to Avengers Mm. and kept X-Men in Fantastic Four? Ooh. Yes. I mean, obviously, we all know that Marvel sold off the X-Men and Fantastic Four movie rights to Fox, Mm -hmm. who have kind of, I mean, to different degrees, fucked them up. And then they kept Avengers and turned Avengers into this darling little film franchise that everyone enjoys exactly but you know eric i was i was just reading the whole uh succinct history of the spider-man movie rights and how like uh it was originally owned the movie rights in 1985 i think even as young as that by like a movie company who tried to do something with it for years and years and it was just going through like all the different script changes and so and so would get onto a project and hate it, you know, hate the script, so all right, let's get it redone. And and it really took like a couple decades to crank out the Spider-Man movie that we all know and to some degrees hate and love. Yeah, they should have kept working on it. Yeah. Don't come back to us until the fucking Green Goblin doesn't have a mask or until he's not a whiny guy. Well, dude, even like even the horrible choices of Spider-Man 3 were not Sam Raimi's choices. Like, he did not want Venom to be in Spider-Man 3 at all. It was going to mm. be the Sandman and Vulture show. And then, oh, yeah, and then the studio's like, nope, you have to put in Venom. And he's like, ah, fuck, do I have to? And they're like, yes. And bonus, you have to, you have to uh, complete uh, the, uh, the Green Goblin being uh, Harry Osborn's son. Wait, what's his name? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Harry Osborn. 
So, like, both of those choices, both those choices that everybody hated, so did Sam Raimi. But he mm. had to do it anyway. And and when you and when you do Venom, just make sure you just show Topher Grace's, Grace's face the whole time. Yeah. Instead of the really cool Venom face. Just show that for, like, a second. And then just show Topher Grace and just kind of, like, make him uglier. <laughs> so I feel, I feel yeah. like, like the best parts of the movie are the Sandman parts, because those are the parts that the director cared about. And mm. then the other parts that he was like, ah, fuck this. Ah, whatever. I'll just try and salvage it, but I don't really care. I mean, it really comes through in the material. Yo, yo. Anyway. All right, so here it is. What if? So first of all, let's let's cover the Avengers real quick. So what if the Marvel sold the movie rights to Avengers to Fox, mm. but kept X-Men and Fantastic Four? So I can do the Avengers one in two sentences. <laughs> uh, Fox... <laughs> Fox makes the Avengers. All of them have black leather costumes. Um, Captain America looks like the U.S. agent. Right. You know, all black. And then the bad guy, every single movie is the Red Skull. Yep. And he basically makes like a Nazi island. Yes. And they just fight all the time. That's it. The end. Can the Red Skull say like, wrong? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and like the Avengers barely have like their actual personalities. They barely look like them. And the people just starve. For just just little glimpses of what they grew up with. The end. Okay. So, but what if Marvel kept X-Men and Fantastic Four? Mm. Can you imagine? Marvel has been trying to kill the X-Men off and bump up the Inhumans to take their place. Mm -hmm. Stupid. But if if Marvel had just kept the X-Men, they would have made fun Avengers-esque movies out of them, which is what we want. Mm. So here's what's going to happen. In movie number one, um, you basically have Magneto take the place of Loki. Mm-hmm. So, like, Magneto is kind of the Loki character who's going to be in a couple of these and, and like, you know, get a really good actor to be him. And the first movie, it's Magneto and his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Mm-hmm. They are the first real exposure of mutants to the world because until then, mutants have been hiding. Magneto's like, oh, you know, we're mutants, we're the brush, and you're not. <laughs> and um, and uh, Professor X has already had Cyclops and Gene on the team forever, like uh, recruited when they were teenagers. And he's already recruited Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, and Nightcrawler. Mm. So you know that Professor X has been doing that for a long time. You know that Cyclops and Jean Grey were kids when they joined them and that over the years they've recruited Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler. This movie starts with them recruiting Kitty Pride, Shadowcat, uh. which is um, our viewer's entry point into the series. Cool. But she also tries to get, she is also, Magneto tries to recruit her too. Sure. So what's like part of the X-Men? Yes, exactly. And Magneto's like, you're Jewish, I'm Jewish, you need to join my team. <laughs> That's right. Here, here's, a, here's a big helping of Jewish guilt for you. Yes. Yeah, so, and so, and she chooses the X-Men, you know, we see her, yeah, it's basically part of the X-Men. But no, 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 only the first half are part of the X-Men, sorry, because I'm going to d- detail the rest of it later. Mm. So this first one is the X-Men fighting Magneto in the Brotherhood. It's cool. It's right. a fun little movie. And now, by the end of the movie, we, you know, we don't need all the origin stories of all the X-Men. We just a little brief flashback how they joined the team. Mm. Boom. Kitty Pryde's like, whoa, the X-Men, they're like larger than life to her. And they defeat Magneto in the Brotherhood. But this is uh, the rest of the world's real introduction to, introduction to mutants. Before then, there was like unexplained phenomenon happening happening every once in a while mm-hmm. you know like stuff that would show up in like the uh, national Enquirer, like you know boy with laser eyes and people were like bullshit mm. so now they know the mutants are here so so here's here's my question to you how how does one defeat magneto you know because it's always like a like a rough go like his powers are pretty incredible and he can basically take anybody down you know yes, what i mean like except, in no the, you forget though mm? nightcrawler and storm are on the team Okay. So Storm whips up a storm and zaps lightning at him. Mm-hmm. And then um, Nightcrawler teleports behind him, yanks off his helmet, Professor X locks his brain down. All right, got it. Boom. And in this one, Nightcrawler's funny. Mm-hmm. Colossus is like a, a cool, dorky older guy. Wolverine is a loner, but he doesn't take his mask off, and he's just like, Meh kind of thing. And Cyclops is like a tough-ass leader, but he's not some fucking wimpy guy that's just pining over Gene all the time. Yeah. So, movie number two. Normally, the X-Men just thrive on persecution. It's so annoying. 
Mm. It's so terrible. But this is Marvel. Marvel owns them now. So they're not going to do that shit. People like them as heroes. They're a little weird, but they like them as heroes. Except the government doesn't trust them. Mm. So movie number two, the government's like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? You know what? We can't have this anymore. We don't trust any mutants. The people do. The government does. That's a huge change in X-Men lore. So the government creates X-Factors to stop them. Because hmm. if, if anyone knows, the original X-Factor was the original X-Men, but they were posing as mutant hunters. Really? When they were actually, yes, they were posing as mutant hunters when they were actually mutants themselves. And they were building on the anti-mutant hysteria. And they were like, oh, we'll go get those mutants. But they're really the X-Men. And they would find mutants and be like, yo, join our team. Hmm. So the Smart. government creates yes. So the government creates X Factor and, and puts mutants on it, led by Havoc, mm-hmm. Cyclops's brother. So that's gonna just fuck some shit up there. You know, later on in the movie, Cyclops and Havoc gotta have it out. Like, well, you're on the wrong team. No, the Jedi are evil from my point of view. <laughs> God. So you know, if you're not with me, you're my enemy. Um, uh. So you got Havoc. You got Havoc, Multiple Man, and Wolf Spain. Our X Factor. Just three mutants that we haven't met before that have been misguided and they're on the government's team. Now, of course, you got X Factor trying to stop the X Men, but meanwhile, the Hellfire Club steps up, led by Sebastian Shaw. Mm. And um, they're like, yo, Magneto, the guy was crazy. He was just trying to take over the world. We're going to take it over from the inside. So they're going to try and influence the government, kind of, you know, get in there. By the way, there's no fucking mystique in any of these movies. Aww. So just get that shit out of it. And there's no beast either. The only uh, blue guy is Nightcrawler. All right. So you got some so, blue representation. Yeah. The best kind. So Hellfire Club is trying to like secretly stuff. They unleash the Juggernaut. Mm. Um, and they're hoping while the Juggernaut is just wrecking shit, it's going to distract the X-Men, distract the government, and Hellfire Club is going to like kind of take over from the inside. Mm. So, of course, eventually – um, X-Factor and X-Men stop fighting themselves long enough to try and take down the Juggernaut and they just managed to foil the Hellfire Club. Yay. Now, in movie number three, Magneto and the Brotherhood are back. But this time, they're up in space on Asteroid M. Mm. Like the second half of Pride and the X-Men. This time, they're like, yo, any mutants that want to come up to our asteroid, come on up. But we don't trust the government, so we're probably going to kill the Earth. So mutants, get up here quickly. <laughs> So, of course, now the X-Men are like, fuck, we got to get up there. And Kitty Pride, like, send her first and, you know, let her use her Jew connections to see if she can't, like, switch sides as a double agent and shit. Um, but, of course, now the X-Men and the X-Force team up. Hmm. So the, gov- the government's <laughs> like, yo, use, use, use the X-Force. Like, we understand not all mutants are bad, but the ones that are bad, we really need to take out. That's, it. That's so funny. So, so uh, Kitty Pride goes up. For a satyr, right on asteroid M with Magneto, and she's and she asks him the maybe like, <laughs> what is it? Is it like maybe it's like the tree planting holiday? And she's like, Magneto, you need to ask yourself the four questions, buddy. You just need to like ask question upon question upon question. And then aren't we all just the same? I think what happens is the X Men plan their attack on that day that Jewish people can't have like electricity for a day or something. Ah, yeah. So, so Magneto is like <laughs> Orthodox, right? And he's yeah, like, so crap. He Why did they attack on the non Shabbat? That's crap. Like, God, I can't eat food and no electricity. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's uh, what they do. So, um, uh, so, anyways, so of course the X Men and X Force at the team up, they go up to Asteroid M. Um, they get in this huge fight, and um, which like. There's a lot of devastation that happens, but mm. basically at the end, they win, and all the mutants that did go up to Asteroid M to join Magneto, they're like, shit, what do we do with all these mutants? And like the government's like, we'll take them, and they're like, no, you're not. Get your hands off these guys' assholes. We're going to take them back to Earth, and they're going to be called the New Mutants. Dun, dun, dun. Spin-off so time. The, exactly. So now you got the New Mutants, and, and at the end, they're like, and we'll probably have... Um, and, and of course, this, these three movies has been the progression of Shadowcat, Kitty Pride. So at the end, she becomes the instructor of the New Mutants because she's just like two years older than them anyways. Mm. Boom! So just when you think everything's wrapped up tidy in a bow, you tease Apocalypse. Mm. Something happened during the battle. Maybe part of Asteroid M crashed to the Earth and unearthed like a pyramid and stuff. Apocalypse is like, fuck, I'm here. And then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> yes. And then, of course, Marvel, by now they're full of themselves, so they announced that the next X-Men movies are going to be a, uh, a part one and a part two. Mm, Age of Apocalypse, so, man. 
Exactly. He's basically like Thanos. Um, so here's the big guy they're teasing and shit. So you get to Apocalypse Part 1, and at the end of this movie, you know, the X-Men, they're all getting their hat, asses handed to them, but then Jean Grey levels up the Phoenix, um, and she defeats him, but in doing so, she goes nuts. And she kind of knew. She was like, guys, I feel like I can tap into this higher force, but if I do, I, I don't know if I'll be able to control it. And they're like, you got to. And so she goes, levels up the Phoenix, destroys Apocalypse, but she goes nuts. And the movie ends with her taking off into space and, like, wrecking shit. Bye! Exactly. <laughs> and everyone's like, shit! So then, and then, like, in the credits, you have the Shire Empire. It was like, something's gotta be done. So then, and the, the part two, which comes up the very next year, the Shiar, is it Shiar? The Shiar Empire? I don't know, man. It's seven. It's all 70, 70s names, like Star Jammers. Yeah. We thought that oh, was cool. Shut up, shut up about Star Jammers. Shut up about that. I'm getting to them. <laughs> <laughs> so now the Shi'ar Empire sends their X-Men force. What were the, what was the what was their force called? I don't know, something 70s sounding. The rad dudes. Remember the the purple guy with the mohawk and he was like the, the oh, commander Glad- or something? Gladiator. I mean, you're talking about the Kree, no. No, he's not part of the Kree. No, I thought he was. No. He listened to the Shi'ar Empire. Anyways, so he shows up with all those guys and they're like, "Yo, uh, we got to put the Phoenix down." You know, she's destroying the galaxy, and of course, just like in the comic books, the X-Men are like, fuck you, and so they meet on the moon, and the X-Men fight them on the moon at the end. Um, Jean Grey sacrifices herself, but this is the the last thing the X-Men needed to fully solidify their bond with the, with the people, and so everyone loves them now, and the government loves them, and it's like, yeah! So, but of course, Jean Grey is dead, yeah. and, her, and she bleeds out over Cyclops. No! <laughs> So, um, and so at the end of that, they're like, you know, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. This now opens the way for spinoffs. You've got the new mutant spinoff movie, and you've got possibly the best X Men spinoff that we haven't seen in real life yet that we need to. The motherfucking Brood. Mm. Oh yeah, the Brood, man. Like the Brood. I mean, it's basically a ripoff of Aliens, right? But I mean, the brood, you know, they lay their eggs in you and then instead of the alien smashing out of you, you just turn into a xenomorph. Yeah. So you've got a you've got a brood spinoff movie. You can send Wolverine out there. You're still getting over Jean Grey. Um, a, a, like that would be like maybe that's a rated R one. Hmm. And instead of Guardians of the Galaxy, you just have Star Jammers, which is the same damn thing. Yeah, except Star Jammers doesn't sound cool. <laughs> Well, but they can make fun of it, like how they made fun of Star-Lord's name. That's true, but like Jammers, there's no coming back from Jammers. I mean, Star-Lord, okay, those are two words that I like, but Jammers, it's like it sounds like preschool. Well, I mean, so so maybe they changed the name, but anyways, you know, the, you know, maybe they showed up at the end of that last one to help Cyclops out, but you've got your introduction. Right. So, that's all. So the X Men become Marvel's Avengers franchise, and everyone is happy, especially me. But <laughs> in the third movie, when Magneto and the Brotherhood were on Asteroid M, during the fight, there was a massive explosion. Unfortunately, the explosion affected a team of four astronauts hmm. that were also in space at the same time <laughs> that were doing uh, research on cosmic rays. Mm-hmm. But when the asteroid M exploded, it messed up their equipment and they were no longer shielded. They were exposed to the cosmic rays and became the Fantastic Four. Dun, dun, dun. Bam! So the Fantastic Four have already had a little bit of their origin all. Hmm. in the in the third x-men movie so you don't have to waste as much of the movie on this one now but of course in the first one they fight dr doom who's just an evil motherfucker Hmm. um and that's all you need what's up with that you know doom has never been given you know quite justice to how awesome he is in the comics exactly so in this one he's just an evil guy he's like you know what i'm really pissed off i thought i was doing good for myself ruling my own little country and stuff and being the smartest man on the planet but then all these mutants showed up i got magneto up in space all of a sudden you know what i'm kind of feeling unappreciated i'm kind of feeling like i'm being overshadowed by everything so doom is going to rise up i ain't just good enough with one country i need them all mm. so fantastic but you know the x-men are busy fantastic four put down dr doom in the first movie in the second movie uh kitty pride was injured pretty bad in one of the earlier movies so just like in the comic books 
the X-Men go to Fantastic Four and we're like, yo, we need you to use your brains to save Kitty Pride. They refuse to. Doctor Doom says he'll help them. This is all coming from the graphic novel X-Men versus Fantastic Four from the 80s. Hmm. Doctor Doom's like, yo, I'm a scientist. I'm super smart. I'll save her. And they're like, yes, do that. And of course, the Fantastic Four are pissed. So, of course, X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Boom, boom, boom. Fight. See, I think we should just start there. Just start like that's the most uh, out of out of all the uh, the pitches that that you just like went down. I think like in our universe right now, where Fox still owns the rights and they're trying to like desperately throw the fanboys anything, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what we need to see. It's like, all right, you have these two franchises that you're still holding on to. Just have them fight. Just throw them together. Yeah. You know, just like make up a reason. In fact, instead of in fact, instead of doing like Avengers versus X Men. You know, just have that storyline where the X-Men get, like, super awesome mega Phoenix Force powers and rule the world. Uh, have them fight against the Fantastic Four instead. Yeah. I mean, and this does happen in the comic books. Like, Reed Richards is like, I don't know how to save Kitty Pride, And Doctor Doom's like, I'm smarter than that asshole. And the Fantastic <laughs> Four is like, yo, you can't have him help you. And they're like, fuck you. We got to save our friend. And you suck. Yeah. So then they go to Doom and then they have a great fight and stuff. Um but at the end of the second Fantastic Four movie, you find out that, you know, Doom, Dr. Doom, he was, he, he didn't seem like he was all he's cracked up to be because he was actually a scroll. Dun, dun, dun. Whoa, really? Scroll, yeah. And at the very end in the credits, you see that um, the Human Torch's girlfriend, Alicia, well, I guess he was the Thing's girlfriend first. Whoever is the girlfriend. <laughs> Dang. They passed her around. She was blind. She couldn't tell. She's like, oh, man, your dick felt rocky and now it feels hot. <laughs> 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 but um just don't be get stretchy so um so <laughs> so and then afterwards she's like i'm hooking up with super scroll guys i like my dicks rocky and hot at the same yeah, time so so maybe in the credits you either see that the doom was scroll or no no you find out towards the end that that he was a scroll and then so the fantastic four x-men put aside their differences to fight this guy and be like what the hell was that and they're like well we might never know who was really impersonating Doom, but at the end you see Alicia Masters and she kind of like winks at the camera and turns all scrollish and you're like, oh, <laughs> dream warriors. So um, sets up the third movie, Scroll Invasion, led by Super Scroll. Yeah, dude. Boom. I just laid out exactly, exactly what Marvel should have done if they had only held on to X-Men and Fantastic Four. We would have all grown up loving X-Men. Everyone would be dressing up Cyclops and Nightcrawler and Colossus and stuff instead of uh, Iron Man and shit. It's true, dude. Although so, I, I, I gotta say, if it was like comic book Doom, he would he would uh, kill any scrolls that came to impersonate him. Well, but see, at the end, I mean, I, I didn't really get into that last movie. I just said number three was Scroll Invasion. Of course, Doctor Doom is the only one that can save us hmm. from the scrolls. Like they're just whooping Fantastic Four ass, and then Doom's like, yo. Ah, uh, no, and you know, he did, he pulls like a Vegeta or something like, no one rules the earth but me. Yeah. You know, so he's like, I gotta get rid of these scrolls before I can rule. So then like Doom's like, yo, I'll I'll fucking tell you guys how to how to like how to win and stuff. So Yeah. Boom, right there. What if what if Marvel had kept the rights to X Men and Fantastic Four and sold the Avengers and hmm. I just outlined the perfect scenarios. Cool. You're welcome, Internet. No, I dig that. I dig that. I think, you know, uh, a lot of what ifs. And I was just reading a bunch of what ifs. There's there's some what ifs about like regular stuff too. Like, what if Spider Man had saved Gwen Stacy? Mm. You know, and uh, and and that was that was actually a great one because instead of getting super pissed off at the Green Goblin and beating his ass, uh, instead he just like is all self congratulatory and is gets way over cocky and lets the Goblin go to track him down. And the goblin's like, I know your true identity, asshole, and I'm going to send these photos as an insurance policy just in case I lose to your worst enemy. And then uh, they get they get ready for a big fight, and Peter goes to uh, the Green Goblin's uh, house to go fight him. Uh, but his son is there. Harry, Harry Osborn's there. And because they both they both know their own super, like, secret identities, they mm-hmm. actually, like, talk it out amongst themselves. And Harry, like, actually shows his dad like the better way and he and he like breaks down in tears and the goblin like loses loses hold of him and then spider-man's like oh shit he reformed all he needed was like his son's love and meanwhile 
the NYPD busts in, and J. Jonah Jameson is like, that man Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and I have the photos to prove it. Ha-ha. And it ends on, like, a bad, like, a sour note where, like, Peter Parker's like, I don't know what I'm going to do next because I've just been publicly outed as Spider-Man, and there's nothing I can do. Hmm. They need to do a a what-if series and be like, what if the mid to late 90s of all Marvel comic books didn't suck ass? Oh, my God. Like, what if we just undid everything we did right then? <laughs> yeah. Like, including the drawing, dude. Like, I know Jim Lee's a worst. really good artist. Jim Lee's a really good artist, but when he took over X-Men, man, it sucked. Uh, I didn't like the way he drew him. It was a fad. You know, it was a fad that I didn't like the way I, I mean, Rob Liefeld and stuff. I mean, like, the way everyone got drawn in the mid to late 90s was just so terrible. It just looks stupid. Well, look at, look at, like, 90s animation, too. I mean, you know, with few exceptions, it's hard to go back and watch those old cartoons. You know, there's just, like, yeah. a style about them that was different, that it's not, like, retro cool. Like, and now it's, like, retro cool to, like, kind of look like that sometimes. But um, back then, it's just that was yeah. just the lay of the land. Like, I never understood why they liked it so much, how he drew Spider-Man. He's like, all right, he's going to always squat now like he's taking a shit. Yeah. And, it, like, his chin is going to be super pointy, super pointy. <clears throat> and his mask eyeballs are going to be, like, fucking gigantic. Yeah. Just covering his whole face. And his web is just going to look like spooch. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to do, like, the, 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 the two little strings with, like, a train tracks thing. No, it's going to be, like, yeah. all over. Everywhere. And everyone's like, wow. This is amazing and, and really, really accentuate his fucking chin sticking out of his mask almost. God. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. And like always and always, like if he's swinging on a web, make sure his legs are so high that his legs are over his face. Yeah, I, that always bugged me. I was like, what is up with that? It's like you're flying around New York City. You're Spider-Man. That's cool. But your ass is in your face, dude. <laughs> no, put your knee, put his knees over his head at all times. Ah, it's just when weird. He's going it's just like always it's just that that's how you would swing i mean maybe he can only stay spider-man if he sniffs his own farts like constantly yeah Ugh, so stupid yeah so anyways but yeah so um, i can only solve so many problems but there we go that's true no that's very interesting to think about there's yeah, yet, yeah, there's, there's yet to be a good fantastic four movie nope there has not been yeah but I mean, they. I mean, you're right though. X Men vs. Fantastic Four with Doom in it might be the only way you could save Fantastic Four. Like, don't make it their own movie. Make it the, a, a buddy movie, and then if that works, then you can then do another Fantastic Four movie. I feel like that's the best way to get people to like the Fantastic Four is to humanize them. You know, like right now in the Fantastic Four movies, they like once they get their powers, they're like otherworldly. You know, like they can do anything. But if they're up against, like, the Phoenix Force-infused X-Men, like, nobody seems powerful compared to that. I hated the Phoenix Force, though. That was stupid. What, the uh, Avengers vs. X-Men? Yeah, it was terrible. That whole fucking book sucked, dude. It was just just made to make the X-Men look like shitheads (laughs) and to really pump up the (laughs) Avengers. Yeah, like Mar- right. Marvel was already down the way. They're like, all right, well, X-Men's popular, so this will help us sell books, but we got to make them look like shitheads. Well, I mean, they did. F- well, actually, you know, what's, what's hilarious is like, is like they saved the planet. They made everything better, and everything was going great, except that they weren't like mentally stable enough to like yeah. keep the Phoenix Force. Like somebody would like, I don't know, somebody went too far, and everybody's uh, like, yo, dude, you need to back off right now. Or we're going to fuck you up. Well, yeah, and, and, like, the whole, like, I mean, I read most of it, and just, like, the reason they had for Captain America and Cyclops deciding to fight was so dumb. Yeah. I don't even know if there was a word bubble on some of those panels. They're just like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, Captain America's like, we want to kidnap your little kid mutant. And Cyclops is like, fuck you. And, and that was it. And they just started fighting. And then and at the end, then, at the end, Cyclops is, like, the big war criminal. It's like, come on. You guys all sucked. Well, that's, that's, that's spurred in the whole, like, Cyclops was right movement yeah. <laughs> on the internet where everybody started. In fact, in some ways, that kind of wrote him into this corner place of everybody being like, yeah, Cyclops is right. And everybody looked at like what he was saying for years and years and years and be like, yeah, he was right. He's still right. He's he's continuing yeah. to be right. You know, I mean, even, even at the end of yeah. Bendis' run, people are like, fuck yeah, Cyclops. 
Well, I mean, they did make him more interesting as the bad guy. Like yes. that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, now how did you read X Men six hundred? Because I feel I like did. they did. All right, so they did bring Cyclops back into the fold. Barely, for a second, it was like so. the The lead up to six hundred was uh, his brother comes to prison and comes mm-hmm. and gets him out, and Cyclops is like, "Yeah, I had this great dream to like you know lead the revolution, but I think I'm gonna stop doing that now." And I'm like, "What? Oh, what? Wait, no, but that was your that was that was the only thing you had going on." And he's like, "Yeah, I think I'm not gonna do that anymore. Yeah, school's over. Everybody can go back to the other school now." And it's like it, it, that made no sense to me because I loved it. I loved like the dueling schools, you know. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it reminded me of like um, the Hellfire Club had their own version of the New Mutants that would occasionally yep. fight the New Mutants. That was awesome. The Hellions. Yeah, I love those guys, and they always they'd always win at first because their powers were cool, but then mm-hmm. they would always get their butts kicked. Um, yeah, and so that's the, like the lead in. And then X-Men 600, they kind of wrap up everything all at once. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the end. Like, there's going to be no more, possibly. I mean, there's going to be. But, like, it's like if you wanted just to end it right there, there it is. Every single major plot line, to my knowledge, is wrapped up. Even, like, Iceman being gay is wrapped up. They, like, put yeah. a little bow on that. They're like, ta-da, he is gay. Canon forever. Like, yeah. like you, you thought you had some doubts. Nope, totally gay. Uh, and then the very last pages, it's like everybody's like, okay, we chewed out Beast for being a dick. And yeah. all right. And he's going to go like uh, like the Watchmen kind of like wonder if he did the right thing. All right, stupid. Uh, and now we're all going to get together in D.C. and have a peaceful protest. And it ends on a peaceful protest with Cyclops saying, hey, Magneto, you're here too. Great. Okay, now we're all going to peacefully protest, and that will show everybody that we're no longer a threat. The end. It's like, mm. fuck, he didn't really leave anything to, for any writers to really use. So, well, I mean, he was, leaving, he was leaving anyways. Yeah, so, I mean, do whatever you want, but it's also like, you could just end the, end the X-Men period right there if you really wanted. Well, I mean, yeah, they're basically starting in a different era. I mean, Extraordinary X-Men starting next. Mm-hmm. The whole different storyline is up. So you read the the end of all new X Men? Yeah, I think whatever the issue that was. <laughs> it was either X Men six hundred or the end of all new X Men, I forget. Well, yeah, I mean but you read the end of the all new X Men too, right? Like the last one of those issues? Probably. What happened? I don't know, dude. You're supposed to send them to Fuck. me. <laughs> Sorry. I stopped I stopped reading that book. I got involved in other things. Well no, it paused six months ago for Secret Wars. Like yeah. I they it like, I thought it already wrapped up a while back. Yeah, see, that's the thing is I, I stopped reading comics for Secret Wars because I was busy. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, when Secret Wars ends, I'll read it. You know, I'll just mm-hmm. read it all at once. But then it never ended. Yeah, it's <laughs> it still kept going. going. So, all right, well, yeah, if, yeah, if you've got up. the all-new X-Men, if you've got them anywhere, send them to me. Well, I, never, I never read those last ten issues or whatever, but. Man, that was a good book. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Good stuff, dude. And now it's like, well, who cares? <laughs> it's like, well, what came out of that ending? Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Alana messing with Colossus. Uh, all's forgiven. Okay. Uh, and and Iceman. Is he gay? Is he is he not gay? He's gay. End of story. Like that's those are like the main plot points. And again, I have no problem with Iceman being gay. It's just so weird for them, like like I said, how you retconned it, like, you know, 40 years of a character. They're like, oh, no, he's gay. You know, it's like, I don't have a problem with uh, characters being gay, but it's so weird that, you know, it's yeah. like, did and did it's like, like, did he just make that up? Or did like Chris Claremont say anything like, oh, I always envisioned him as gay, but I knew I couldn't do it or something like that, you know, like. Well, they, the way that they tied it up, I mean, did you read it? Well, I mean, I heard about it. Yeah, I heard. I heard the the young one talk to the original one. Was like, dude, you have been gay. Come on, admit it. And he's like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah I have been looking at a lot of dicks in the X Men locker room. And, <laughs> and that's, that and, spandex era was really good for me. And and that's what everyone was speculating. Everyone was saying like, okay, is it Jean Grey like messing with his head, like force like forcing that on him, which was interesting, or is it that he is just. It's just one of those things where somebody's just been repressing that part of themselves. 
because he's focusing on saving the world. That's you know? how they knew he was gay. He's the only original X-Men that didn't have a crush on Jean Grey. <laughs> Should have been so obvious from the start. Yep. Cyclops, Angel, Beast, they all wanted a slice of Jean, except, mm-hmm. except the snowman. Yeah. She, Jean, oh, Grey, Jean Grey even kisses Beast, like young Beast. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. she's like, I want to hook up with you. Don't be mad. <laughs> no, and she's also, she's like, she's like, I know you want this. I, re- I can read your mind. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, she's still a dick. Even though she's, like, been super young, she's a dick with her powers, man. Which is cool. I like that. I like that she was like that. That was cool. It was also kind of like, I, I feel like sometimes she's in a scene just to kind of speed it along. Like, all right, she, like she's, she's in the scene where young Bobby confronts old Bobby about, like, am I gay, am I not gay? And And she's just there to, like, Read minds and tell people what the other one's thinking so we can just move along. I liked it, though, because that was always the whole thing. There was like, well, I mean, we could read minds, but we never should. Yeah. Oh, oh, we should never. Use. And she's like, fuck that. Yeah. This is what we do. Well, that's, that's why I liked, um, uh, what should we call it, Daniel Moonstar from the New Mutants. Because she was a telepath, but she could only tell, like, what you were the most afraid of. Mm-hmm. And make it and make like a projection come to life, and I was like, "That is awesome! It's very mm-hmm. useful power." Yeah, she was basically the that fucking monster from the Harry Potter movies. I was gonna say the Scarecrow. <laughs> oh no! What's the monster in Harry Potter like number two or three when he it's like in the closet? Oh, the uh, what should call it? The thing you had to say ridiculous at the yeah. Boggart. Yeah, so that's her power. Yeah. Oh, that was so brutal in the in the last book where uh, where the Weasley mother is uh, being attacked by a bogger and she keeps she keeps saying ridiculous but it just changes it to like another dead body from like her family and she just can't get past it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was so good. What would your biggest fear be if you were Harry Potter and that thing came out in classroom? Well, you know, once once you become a parent, it's that that like it's just no fair. You know, it's like all right, well, your your kid, like one of your family members, is toast. No, 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 no. Like a personal fear. Uh, I mean, before before I had kids, I don't know. Probably the not not fear for others. What scares you? Yeah, no, I was saying like pro- probably the uh, the winged death thing from uh, Baron Munchausen, the movie that freaked <laughs> yeah. me out and that just stayed with me for a long time Mm. now for me it would be the werewolf from silver bullet the Ah. movie silver bullet Mm -hmm. that fucking shit i remember (laughs) like when i was babysitting you and our other siblings and me and you tried watching it together and you ran upstairs after about five minutes oh it was brutal which i didn't blame you you're younger than me and that and that thing kills a couple people right off the bat yeah but that i mean that scared me so bad and even though, like, even if you watch the movie now, it's very cheesy. The mm-hmm. werewolf scenes still scare me, man. It's like I had nightmares, like so many times. Yeah, I just saw like the one, like they imply a lot of violence in that movie in the beginning, but even that was just enough to like make me want to throw up. Well, because they they do this cutaway when he's killing this woman, and you just see this werewolf hand just claw down her back. Yeah, and it's just and you know, as adults you realize you're like, all right, they just put like some paint on the wolf glove and you just like, you know, yeah, kind of petting somebody. There it was like, oh, so scary. Yeah, dude. I mean, I had werewolf nightmares from kindergarten all the way up like all the time. And now as an adult, like I would have them like I would have them probably like once a month. And now as an adult, I'll have them like once a year. But I still have werewolf nightmares sometimes. It's that's, crazy. That's it, man. you got to not <laughs> not show. Like, how old were you when you saw that? What, Silver Bullet? Yeah. Oh, I was in high school. I shouldn't have been that scared. Oh, <laughs> but no, see, all right. So here's the thing. For So I think what happened was when I was like four years old, I got bit in the face by a big dog. Mm, wow. I got bit in the face. I opened a door to our house, and there was a dog on the outside. It jumped up on me and bit my face. Dang. So, so I mean, right there, boom, there's your fear. Because <laughs> that, that at that point, that is a werewolf because it was bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And then in kindergarten, I saw the cartoon Peter and the Wolf. 
Ah, yes. Where the wolf stalks the boy through the through the woods, and if you go back and watch it, there's a couple times in the beginning of the movie where the fucking wolf breaks the fourth wall and fucking stares at you, and it's scary, <laughs> dude. He's like, blah, blah. Just, I Dang. mean, like, like, and so then. Um, I'd be outside at like the sandbox or just playing outside. And like, we lived next to the woods back then. And I would just get this feeling like, holy shit, the wolf is in the woods and he's about to kill me. Mm. And I would just get up and start running for the house. Wait. And and as soon as I started running for the house, I felt like, Oh, the gig's up. The wolf's watching me and he knows that he knows I know he's out there and he was going to run at me. And I would just like go in the door and slam the door. This is, I was in kindergarten. And and I still remember that shit, man. And then, of course, goddamn, never-ending story. When the Gamork <laughs> show, I practically pissed myself in the movie theater. So, I mean, and then I would just have nightmares all the time about wolves and stuff. And I remember finally I asked her, my dad, our, our dad, and I was like, hey, you know, like, you know, this scares me all the time. And, and I remember our dad was like, you got to face your fear. You know, he gave us, like, Nightmare on Elm Street advice. Oh, like you gotta go into the dream. <laughs> you gotta go into the dream and kill it, kind yeah. of thing. And so I remember I had this this new one. I was in a field and there was uh, w- regular wolves chasing me because sometimes they're regular wolves and mm-hmm. sometimes they're werewolves. And so there's regular wolves. And I was and I remember I remember Dad's advice was ringing in my head and I was like, No, get out of here! You don't scare me. And the wolves disappeared into the into the field. And all of a sudden I heard this. <laughs> You think you could stop me? Dang. And I was like, oh my God. Like my subconscious defeated my other subconscious that defeated the wolves. Yeah. Like I defeated the wolves. So a bigger, stronger wolf came in and started <laughs> fucking started fucking talking to me. Dang. And I was like, ah! you know, I was like, holy shit. And so like I used to seriously, I used to have them like once a month as a kid, even as a teenager and stuff. And now as an adult, um, I'll have them like a couple times a year. But I still will. Like sometimes it's just like wolf shit. But I mean, just like just like uh, like just this summer, hmm. I had a dream and I was like in the woods and like some fucking wolves came like went went for my throat. <laughs> wow. And I woke up and I was like, whoa, shit! It's like oh, that fucking wolf. So I don't know, man. I feel like someday I'm gonna have to I'm gonna face down something evil in the woods. <laughs> I guess so, right? Or, or like Bruce Lee, it'll take you out, and you'll see Ryan in your dream. You're like Ryan, run! I know, I know something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to fight like a rabid dog someday. Hmm. I don't know, man. Something's, and I'm just gonna stand up to it and kick it in the nuts. That's so funny because uh, I remember Dad gave me that same exact advice too. But, yeah. but I, I took it to heart. I conquered my nightmares pretty quick. Because like I, I I could already like wake up because as a kid I was really scared of witches. Because yeah. I've looked for it, I can't find it. There was this animated movie that we checked out from the library, a VHS tape called Horror Stories for Kids. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck makes a movie called Horror Stories for Kids? I don't know, but it was horrifying. And the worst one was this Russian fairy tale about these three brothers. Uh, they go into the woods, and their grandmother tells him, "Okay, if you, you can go into the woods, but you have to get out of the woods before." Uh, the sun goes down because if you're in the woods when it's dark, you'll be trapped and you'll mm. not be able to find your way out. And of course, we lived in the woods in that time in real life, yeah. so it scared the crap out of me. And of course, they eventually wind up at this house, and uh, there's like a, like a, a fence made of bones outside mm. the house, and inside the house is a fucking witch. And she's going to kill them. And the two older brothers are like, she's like, come in, eat some dinner, and you can sleep here for the night. And the two older brothers are like, yeah, this sounds great. And the little brother's like, you guys are idiots. She's going to kill us. And they're like, shut up, bro. We're going to sleep. Mm. And, uh, and so they go to sleep, and the little one can't go to sleep because he hears her downstairs sharpening her knife. She's oh, man. Kill them. And then, you know, he has to trick her and, and get out, and eventually they all run. They all run out of the house while she's distracted. And, yeah, just in, in real life, running in the woods every time, I would just get a surge of adrenaline and feel like somebody's right behind me. Oh, yeah. And uh, later in life, I was like, okay, if I can just remember that source memory while I'm, like, running after a soccer ball, <laughs> then I won't get tired. Ah, <laughs> it's true. Not that it helped our team at all because mm-hmm. <laughs> you need more than just like fear running to uh, to win a soccer game. Yeah. But uh 
Yeah, well, then did the movie, I mean, did that movie Witches scare the crap out of you about? You know, the Ronald Dahl-inspired movie? Yeah, well, I mean, that was, that was like, horror horror for kids. Because, yeah. I mean, they're, like, they were scary-looking monsters. That was a movie where, like, it wasn't funny. <laughs> there, was no, no. there was no reason you should ever show that to a kid. But it's a kid's movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I saw that once, didn't like it. You know, and I just wanted to get out of there, and yeah, I don't think I've—I don't think I've seen it more than once, maybe twice. Oh, I, I went back and watched it just a year ago. Mm-hmm. It's hysterically bad. Oh man! And you just look at it, you're like, that's—that was what scared us when we were kids. I was like, yeah. this is not, this is not. I mean, like the makeup, the effects are still really good and very, very creepy. But like I said, Mr. Bean is the hotel manager. Yeah. And stuff and like, but I mean, in the beginning, it is still creepy because it's like that. Like the witches just kidnap kids, and then the one girl ends up in the painting all her life. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, and and the thing about the movie is the um, the the practical effects are good, and there's like there's not much that the kids can do to save the day, you know, and to win. Yeah. They're really screwed. Yeah, and we learn about the dangers of diabetes in that movie too. That's true. <laughs> yeah the smug witch she's just like i'm gonna put some sugar in your tea yeah. your grandmother can't help you now <laughs> yeah she's in diabetic shock yeah take that <laughs> like if that's all if that's all it took man she's in trouble yeah yeah they should have gotten an electric grandma electric yes. grandma could have taken out those witches no problem yeah. She just like you mess with me. I got orange juice in this finger, and this one gives you right. electroshocks. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's all I got for today. Yeah. Well, I I wonder. You know, maniacs. We we kind of disclosed what we were and or maybe still are afraid of. Well, what are you afraid of? You know, it could be anything. It should be a silly childish fear that you you know earned from a VHS movie when you were a child. Yeah. Or or on YouTube for people that are born <laughs> in this century. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, hit us up on Facebook over at uh, facebook.com slash Podcast. Otherwise, you can hit us up at our headquarters, jumpmanpodcast.com, or we're on retrowaretv.com, elder-geek.com, or subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah, what are you little millennials scared of? Not instantly succeeding at things? <laughs> let's see being being saddled with debt for all eternity did you know that i think we're officially me and you are referred to as older millennials now really because yeah, remember we always felt like well we're not generation x because we're not that old but we're not millennials because we're not those young idiots so like what are we you know I mean, so some people there we we fit in the, we're in this weird gap where we don't really fit to anywhere and um i don't know so I saw yesterday I was reading something and I think they lumped us as older millennials. That's a, this is stupid. I know. You know I mean, pe- people like people create labels so they can feel better than other people, yeah. you know? It's like you just create labels to put it put each other down. Yeah. So, I don't I don't subscribe to that. You know, and when I worked like a corporate job, you know, they 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 break it down to people in like simple terms because people like simple things. So they're like, okay, okay, you got your veterans, you got your Gen Xers, you got your millennials, right? And that's all the people that there are in 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 America. That's it. You can just be broken down into one of these three subgroups. Who does who does mm-hmm. everybody hate? The millennials. Why? Because they're scary and they're weird and they have beards and they like stuff from the '90s. They think it's cool. My God. Let's riddle them with debt and never give them good-paying jobs. I, I know it's really it it is really funny how everyone makes fun of millennials and it's like, but you assholes raised them. That's true. So who, who are you really blaming? You guys are just shitty parents blaming <laughs> millennials for how they act. It's like, well, you guys all raised them, so congratulations, yeah. assholes. Yeah. So like, I, no, but it, it, they're they're kind of saying like, how how dare they complain about how crappy. The deal is that we gave them. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how do they complain about the shackles that we placed on them as babies? I, I, I honestly, I have no problem with millennials. I think they're cool. Um, 
I don't quite identify, obviously. But uh, millennials are cool. The only complaint I have against millennials as a whole, which you can't lump people into a group as a whole, but I will just for comedic effect, is the aforementioned beard thing. Millennials have ruined beards. What? What do you mean? Because beards, beards to me still signifies manliness of some sort. Mm-hmm. And as soon as hipsters started wearing beards, it was like, fuck you. You ruined beards. You like, don't, you don't like feminized it's like, beards? No, beards are stupid. Like, I thought, um, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm stealing this off of online. Someone else posted about this. They're like, back then, you know, back in the day, a beard was a sign of, like, someone who could kill something or fix something. And now it's just some fucking hipster who just grew his facial hair out just to look cool. It's, like, stupid. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a six-inch long beard and be typing on a laptop in Panera. Fuck you. Damn. <laughs> That's harsh. That's awesome. No, it's true, though. It's, it's a fake beard. It's not a real beard. A real beard is earned through homelessness I- <laughs> or, or lumberjacking. You just don't have the time to shave because you're that goddamn manly doing cool shit like wrestling bears with your hands, you know? But now it's like when now when like when like Andrew Garfield, the actor from Spider-Man, has a beard, it's like, fuck you. You guys ruin beards. <laughs> I mean, I'm not manly enough to have a beard. I have a beard, but just because I'm lazy. No, no. You just you have scruff. There's scruff and then there's a beard. Okay, scruff, all right. Scruff is scruff. A beard is when it's like navigating below your jawline. Mm. Hanging down. And when you see and you know, it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> You you can't have a beard and skinny jeans. You can't. You can't have those two things together, Chad. And when I see those two things together, I'm like, you ruined beards. Aw. You ruined them. Whatever, man. They're the only beards we have. Beards. They're the only beards, dude. There was a beard on an Autobot. Dude, a beard on an Autobot, and it didn't say beards. Yeah, that was more of a... Isn't that a Japanese goatee or something? I don't even know. It wasn't a full beard. Come on, let's I face things. If I see if I see a beard on a person, I don't think hipster. I automatically think, okay, artist, artist. Mm, millennials ruin beards. Like I said, that's my only artificial complaint about the generation. <laughs> Aside from that, we're cool. We're cool guys. We're cool. All right. You guys. So. All right. Well, thank thank you Eric, for your words of wisdom on that. They are. I am the smartest man alive. <laughs> All People right, well, like my opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well. At least we know they're, to, they're facts, dude. At least, at least, at least we know how to scare the shit out of you someday. Someday, Eric, you're gonna wake up full wolf to a wolf mask. That's all I'm saying. All right, it's true. we'll see you next week, dudes, and uh, thanks for listening. Bye bye.